We are just about to be on at the MCG Thursday night footy. Tigers, Swans, big game, big ramifications, Matty Hill. Punt road in directly in front, 35 metres out to get Richmond on the board. Miller comes in and it's straight and true. Sheldridge just looped it forward again. Heaney was able to get out of the tackle. Patley, Goulden, five from 30. Tight angle, left ball pocket. Finger went up straight away. Patley on the runway for their fourth. Pokes it through. Then Goulden sets up for the top of the square. Franklin takes the mark and buries it from point blank range. Kicks it long. It's over the head of Franklin. Bouncing ball coming out to meet it. McDonald off to McInerney round the body. And it's another one in quick succession. Ross arcs around one tackler. Tries to line it up from 50. How does it bounce? It almost bounced back at him. Found Cotchen 35 metres out. Have a ping this time, Trent. And he puts it through. Aaron Boundary throw in. Fist on from Hickey. Martin coming away from goal. Bobbled out the tackle. Nankoma swivel kick. Goal. Couldn't bring it down. McLean was front and square. Heaney stepped through. Snaps and bounces for his third. Kicks it to the top of the square. Three on three. Floston with a one-hander. 25 metres out. 45 degree angle. And snuck it in. Franklin could be his last time on the Sporting Coliseum of Australia. 45 metres out. And the goal umpire didn't move. But it's pressure from Bolton, and then it's spilled to Graham. Runs to centre half forward, kicks it long, no one home, could bounce through. It's bouncing, it's bouncing, it's bouncing. Scores a level. Just slicing his shoe at it with Bolton, charging into an open goal. Graham can seal it. Kicks it inside 50, spills to Martin. Could this be the icing on the cake? Could it be the icing on the cake? He snaps it through, and it raises the roof. Ball back into play. And there's a siren in any weather. You'll see him with a grin. They had to fight to get this win. They had to fight to keep their season alive. And they've done exactly that. SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn, Darwin. Oh, that is music to my ears, Rob. The Tigers 12-16-88 defeated Sydney 11-9-75. Dusty Martin, a player that we heard, was pretty good last night. 29 disposals and a goal. Not quite the old vintage Dusty, the unstoppable Dusty that we all come to love and know, well, especially Tiger supporters, but pretty good nonetheless. Um, and you can tell that with his absence last week, along with Prestia to a lesser extent, that the Tigers are a different team. Getting those two back in the engine room, uh, they looked a lot more formidable. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it can t- look. I did tip Swans in this one, which it did look like a good tip at the start. But mm. um, yeah, they just look a bit of shadow of themselves at the moment, Sydney. And I do like the look of Jack Ross. I did bring it up um, a few weeks ago, but he's he was actually pretty handy again. Um, Twenty touches and two goals. And yeah, as the sub. In a yeah, so I really hope like the player like him can get more opportunities um, at the footy club. Um, but. He's also got a really good kick from mm. long range. Um, and he, I think both goals were kicked from distance. So in an era now where there's a lot of missed opportunities and goal kicking, you really like, you would like to have the ball in his hands across half forward. Yeah, especially a player like that who has probably been criticised for being a little bit vanilla-ish, to mm. use a term, uh, where yep. a player that hasn't had a lot of strings to his bow, if he can turn that kicking that he has, and he's not an elite kick, but you're right, he can get really mm. good distance. If he can start dobbing goals from outside 50 and kicking his one or two a game, then we're not going to be asking if Jack Ross is going to be sub or out of the team. He's going to find himself a spot uh, in that midfield rotation on half forward. 
forward. So yeah. Ross was very good last night. I thought Nick Vlosten was super important uh, for the Tigers, playing a variety of different roles. He even went up forward at one point. Yeah, um, I brought him into my fantasy side. I wasn't happy seeing him line up forward in the fourth, but anyway. Nah, he took that beautiful uh, one-hand mark, which was awesome to see. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of good contributors uh, for the Tigers. Tim Taranto sort of hasn't been as dominant in the last couple of weeks since Hopper's return, but he's still playing a pretty vital role. As we mentioned, Shea Bolton was easily best on ground for mine. Prestia and Hopper, just two other players in that engine room that were sort of getting their hands on the ball, especially in doing the hard stuff. I thought uh, Jack Graham had a pretty good game, 19 disposal and two goals. But where do the Tigers sit now? So I think that I'm fairly realistic about the Tigers. I don't think we have any chance to win the Premiership this year. But I do, as a supporter, I was looking at the draw last night and I noticed the Tigers still play West Coast. They still play North Melbourne. And to a lesser extent, they still play Hawthorne. So you'd bank on them winning those games. Um, They're half a chance, maybe. What are you thinking? They're coming from a long way back. Yeah, no, well... I did. I did sort of predict. I did a ladder predictor. Was it four weeks ago and had Richmond finishing ninth. So that's, it's sort of coming. It's familiar. Yeah, it's sort of. So it's sort of like um, plotting along that area there, isn't it? And they're, they're going to be a dangerous team if they do make finals. If they if everything strings together in the games at the G, even. Mm. Um, but looking at the ladder, yeah, they do look like they're in a position now. They're in striking distance, aren't they? And all those sides around six to six to ten have all been losing games and um, you know really struggling to take that. And four spots up there for the grab isn't it um, mm. with Melbourne's form diminishing so you can't really put a cap on anything where a lot of these um, t- 4 to 10 sides are going to fit in so I'm sort of thinking the Bulldogs would be a good chance to go to 4th but well it's such a log jam isn't it that there's so many 8 point games like we mm. might say something and then a result will change literally tonight or tomorrow night and it, it changes everything if St Kilda beat Melbourne tomorrow night they go into the top 4 and for me that's kind of unfathomable because they haven't been playing like a top 4 side especially in the last 5 weeks so especially uh, when they're yeah both Melbourne and St Kilda are 9 and 6 so oh exactly it's a, it's a fair few losses so but yeah. it shows with the evenness of the competition now doesn't it that I remarked to someone earlier in the week I said it's going to be a week that 4th spot right now is looking pretty weak and in fairness they did come back and say hey Melbourne at their best are a really good team which is sort of true they do have a great engine room and all that but they're a team without a forward line at the moment so yeah and, and also Melbourne might be a bit of kryptonite to um, Collingwood as well um, mm, true obviously just beating them last time and um, having that zone but their attack is certainly a massive worry so well I wouldn't be backing Brisbane against Melbourne at the G either if no. Melbourne were firing no, definitely not. Um, but I do know that the goal kicking at Melbourne is becoming a bit of a problem internally. So it's going to be interesting to see if that's... Uh, the whole forward structure too, yeah, really, hey. But it's been an issue they've had for a number of years. I think, yeah. I think since the grand final, they haven't done... Yeah. They've struggled to score a bit. They've sort of been going through a few different stopgap options like Ben Brown and obviously mm. Sam Wiedemann is a kid that they drafted, but someone who never really came on. And they've got Van Royen now who's just 19 years old and developing and hopefully he's the answer, the long-term answer to the Demons' forward line woes. Yeah. Um, Sydney, last little take on this game. We might actually hear from uh, the coaches shortly, but mm. they've lost a little bit of flair and leg speed, I think, since Chad Warner has been out of the side. Um, a lot has been left to Errol Goulden, who has stood up and has played really, really well. But mm. they just lack that X factor and that speed and that run and carry ability without Warner, who he's a person who'd be pretty high up in the Swans' best and fairer. So would Goulden um, and a bunch of others like Blakey. But did you get the impression that the Swans lacked a little bit of speed and, and that sort of ability to break the lines last night? Yeah, I guess at, at times, and they do sort of play a bit slow at times as well. Um probably because they don't have that speed. But Goulden, yeah, Goulden's obviously in All-Australian form. He'll be in the squad of 40. Um, if he makes it, that'll determine, I think, where Swans finish. I don't agree with 
bottom sides having too many in the All Australian side, to be honest. But mm. um, yeah, something's gone a massive, like a miss at um, Sydney, hasn't it? So I'd be interested, Rob, to hear what uh, Coach John Longmire had to say. So this is what he had to say regarding last night's game. Yep. I thought we didn't uh, didn't just as well as what we should have in the in the second quarter. The conditions obviously they lifted their pressure, but we still won the second quarter, so we came in okay, and then. Um, we got absolutely smashed around the stoppages and you know, one ten and a half a footy is hard to do in a CB situation and you know, they almost tripled us I think in stoppage work from in the second half so it was um, they got ground position in wet conditions and and they made it made a big difference in it we just got smashed around the footy and um, gave away a few simple goals but they were able to get ground position off the back of clearance wins and you know, only had one set of bounce clearance in a second and a half a footy it's Got to get the ball in your front half in those wet conditions, and you've got to play territory game. And we weren't able to do it. You know, we, got, we just fumbled and got, you know, beaten around the ball. I knew once that heavy weather set in and the rain started that it was going to suit Richmond a little more. Uh, typical July game at the MCG normally favours Richmond. I wonder if Coach Andrew McWalter was a relieved man. I imagine that he would have been, and this is what he had to say last night. Uh, to be fair, the first quarter and a half we were pretty ordinary. Um, we couldn't really handle the ball very well and Sydney's, we couldn't really get pressure on the game either. Sydney were controlling uh, the game so probably after about the 15 minute mark of the second quarter I thought we were really able to get the game on our terms and second half we were able to build our pressure game and, and own some territory in the game. They're a proud group, our players, um, and last week was disappointing. We started a little bit disappointing tonight but to be able to fight through that shows great leadership from our, from our playing group. And, that was the most impressive thing from them tonight. Yeah, we spoke about it just briefly then. Like the guys, you know, we've obviously had some challenges late in, late in games over the past couple of years. So uh, we've put a fair bit of work into that space. And, and ultimately, I've said this before, it's about leaders and people just standing up in the final moments. And, and our guys were really able to do that tonight. So we'll wrap up the Richmond and Sydney game from last night. Just to finish, will either of these two teams be featuring in September? Oh, I think Richmond could be could have a chance. Um, obviously, outside yeah, chance. Yeah, outside chance of making it. Um, that seven or eight spot. I think. I think Swans are done now. Um, but I also did like the look of Logan McDonald as well. Mm. A couple of times coming out and was very clean attacking the football. And um, it, it would be interesting to see what a year of football would have done for him this year without Buddy there. Mm. But now with Buddy there, it sort of clouds a bit. But next year, you probably expect big feet. They're going to rely on him heavily. So. Well, he's going to have to. It's not really it's like a choice with Logan. Yeah. yeah. So they've obviously invested a lot in him too, being an early pick. Hey, Robbie, a bit of an interesting email I received during the week. Uh, I've come across some proposed bylaws and yep. when I messaged you and said have you seen those you were aware of them yourself um, some interesting obviously it's going to be a long segment if we go through every tiny little bylaw change but some changes are coming to the NTFL uh, mm. some changes are quite complicated on first glance if you read them but as we said off air I was pretty positive on them without having gone I haven't thoroughly gone through them and, and looked at the you know any inconsistencies or whatever I haven't received any complaints from mm. club personnel yet but no doubt that will probably come um, but on face value I thought the bylaw changes look okay what's your observation yeah I don't um I think it's quite pro proactive really from the league obviously these are my opinions and not the opinions of banks or any of these any other outsources 
Oh, my footy club. But nah, you put your media hat on here. Yeah, this is a media's opinion, but I do like the, the proposed changes with the ladder positions um, for men's Premier League, and perhaps if they do, I think they might move to doing it for women's perhaps later. So for people listening, is that the points That's adjustment? That's number six on the document. So first to fourth, 16 points, fifth to seven, 17, and eight to last, 18. Yeah. Um, so essentially we're giving a points concession to teams that finish lower on the ladder to yeah. hopefully help them. Yeah, I think I think that works it's pretty an equalisation measure. Equalisation measure. Um, I don't mind it. It's not going to be a. Um, it's it's a, it could be deemed as a band aid solution for the bottom clubs. So but Palmerston and Tiwi will get more points than Waratah and Southern District. Is that what you're saying? Is yeah, that what this rule is? Yeah, and it looks like an average of three se- over the pre- previous three seasons as well. Mm. Um, so it's not a year by year thing. Um, I would have thought it would have been a year by year thing, but three seasons perhaps. Don't mind the three seasons thing. Yeah, but 16, 17, 18, you're not getting a whole lot of difference nah, there on the points, I, I don't think. Like, I would have probably thought 16, 18, and 20 yeah, would have been more appropriate. Yeah, by two, hey. Um, That's one what I extra done. point. And something also to touch on is just the players moving. Um, it's still going to be after you played five games. You know, you could be pl- come in for five fringe games and be four points, and mm. you can't move. And then you're, you're playing B grade, and you, at some of these NTFL clubs, the B grade's pretty poor, low mm. numbers. Um, so you lose players. And I'm thinking the NTFL need to find a reason or something in between where if a player plays between five and ten games, I think they need to be a two-pointer or something. I'd almost like it to go to a panel. Yeah. Like I, when I, so not making it about myself, but when I was in this situation trying to take my points down, I reckon I could have met up with an NTFL club, met up with mm. St. Mary's, the club that I was leaving, and mutually agreed just to let me go type yeah. thing. And I think there's plenty of other players in the league where if they said to their coach, hey, I don't know if I'm in the best 22, but as, as you know, it's a small community, but mm. as, as friends, um, I think I can play at this other club. Can you let me go there? Can you release me mm. to that club? I think a lot of clubs would, would do that. So yeah, I think so as well. And and like a lot of these clubs, I mean, um, you know, do struggle to field size in the, in the reserves. You know what I mean? And and they do have issues. So if you're a Premier League, the ability to play Premier League, and then being dropped to go to Brazies where you got in the group, you don't know who's rocking up. Mm. It can be quite disheartening for players, and especially players that take their footy serious. So I do think there needs to be something done with that because I'm seeing now that a lot of football clubs are recruiting Southern heavy. Mm. Um, you know, there's probably six or seven footy clubs that rely on a fly-in service of players to move up the whole for the whole season. So that's quite significant. Um, but if you want to, re- if Premier League clubs want to retain players, mm. um, I think that could be. A, I think there's a bit of a, ho- a gap there. You know, um, seems like most of these changes, though, they're trying to at least not have it as a knee-jerk reaction type thing. And by saying that, like from player points and also from uh, with the point system itself, how they're sort of doing it over the last 24 months and not just the last 12 months. And obviously, as we sort of spoke about before, that probably has its own pros and cons, but at least it shows like it's a system that could be stable and one that could stay in for, for years to come. Yeah, and, and that's also, you know, the same thing that happens in the AFL. Um, these rules all come in place and there's loopholes all over the place. You can, mm. And that's what's happened. Um, clubs have exposed these loopholes. Um, so you've got number 12 there where it's players will have to qualify um, to lower their points. So yep. that has been seen recently where players will come up for one game and they're, they're going to commit the year later. Um, obviously, you never know what happens in life and what changes, but mm. they'll come up, play one game as a three-pointer, move back the next year and be two. So that's a that's a loophole thing there that they've... Um, so which clubs, in your opinion, and it's not playing the blame game, This is these are the smart clubs, but which clubs have been exploiting that rule, do you think, over the last couple of years? So I'm looking at maybe I think Waratah. All, and... I think all the clubs that are at the top have done it. Yeah. Um, I think 
the clubs down the bottom, I don't know if they're as switched on with it um, to actually exploit it. Um, but all the top three, all the top sides have had that, have have done that previously, you know, and um, and, and and it changes quite quickly. Like when the point system come in, St Mary's had four or five points, and Wanderers never have had a points issue. Um, but now St Mary's have a points issue because of that lack of locals um, developing coming through, um, and some of the other clubs are the same as well. But now being at Banks and and also being at Waratahs the previous year, it is quite difficult to recruit local players as well. So it's a double-edged mm. sword. Hundred um, percent. You do. They, I think it's a lot harder to recruit a local than it is to actually bring someone up who's unaligned. Cool. To so actually come up. I was trying to pad for a little bit of time because I am trying to find the email that I received and I've got it now. Um, what about the spirit of the game bylaw? That's a new oh, one. I didn't um, even read that one. So I think it's along the lines of, I think it's an overarching rule that covers anything that's not covered. Like um, they've put in quotation marks, uh, actions which may strictly be within the rules, but don't pass the pub test. So basically if you are following a rule and you have not broken a rule, but people can be like, hey, that that you're using a loophole here. You're trying to get around the rule system. I believe this spirit of the game rule, AFLNT, can come in and say, hey, we know what you're trying to do here. We know you're trying to cheat, even though you haven't cheated, even though you haven't broken a rule. And this is, that's what that's about. Thoughts on that? No, I don't, don't like it. Don't like an override, <laughs> really? How come? I don't know. Like, I, I think, you know, if club, if you can get around something or do something, I think that's just that just gives too much leeway for big brother the league yeah I to, agree. to do it i just don't like the sound of it um i think i think sometimes rules are there to be broken at times and there's loopholes in everything but mm. i don't think as long as you're not taking the, the piss too much with it i think um but a lot of the rules as we've seen how many i think most clubs in the ntfl are being caught out at some level with mm. the point system um most clubs actually not all clubs but you know so it is a very confusing space and Hopefully, some of these rules can bring a bit more of a um, consistency where the rules aren't as hard to understand. Yeah. Um, Text 0426307269. That's 0426307269 if you have any opinions or any thoughts about the NTFL bylaws or maybe something that you think the NTFL could consider introducing. If you want us to talk about it and and throw that open to suggestions, uh, let us know. That is 0426307269. Robbie, how do you reckon the clubs are going to receive these bylaws? Do you reckon it will generally be positive or do you think clubs will pick it apart and, and... and perhaps have an issue, you know, maybe one of these top teams don't think it's fair um, with their point system being reduced or something like that? No, I reckon... I think some of the clubs that recruit more heavily will will probably scrutinise it more. I don't think some of the other clubs that don't have as much recruits coming Mm. to their footy club would care as much. I think it does concern everyone, though. Um, But, yeah, I was just touching on that the point system for locals to transfer. I'd like to see that revamped because I know there's a lot of locals that um, probably could be on the wrong end of being, of selection or think they are better than what they are or they put in more effort and think they should be getting an opportunity and happy to go to a lower club um, and they should have that option to actually go and explore because I think um, we have struggled for local players in the NCFL the last few years. I mean, look at the Waratah mm. Southern Districts Grand Final. Yeah. I mean, how many locals were there playing in that game? Do you reckon that Ten. we've... Do you reckon we've lost local players over the years due to the points rule? I think so. Um, if you have a look at you know, there's been a number of players that have played in premierships that have just gone off the radar and mm. living in Darwin still. And I'm chasing up and meeting with a few of those guys to try to get them back in. And some of them are 23, 24. So it's yeah. like there's there's some players there to capture and there's still options and there's blokes getting around that can play the game at, you know, 
the pre- I think Premier League's gone to another like another level now, but the resis is you know, is what it is. It can be quite different depending on who's playing, you know, the, the top sides to the bottom sides differ so much, but you have a bit more consistency in the Premier League, mm. um, obviously. So um there are players around and that you know, for whatever reason that once they get dropped they just don't come back, which is which you can't really control either. Yeah, they're a bit yeah, plenty to talk about with that. Hey, we'll go into some of the AFL stuff after a quick break here. So good chat there with the NTFL bylaws. It'll be interesting to see whether our text lines are um, going off their heads. 0426 307 269 is the number. SEN Fridays in the top end, 16.11am. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. Finding a place to write your next chapter. We are hoping to be joined by Darwin Salty's women's player, Subasa Nisbet. Do we have you? Yes, just right here. Hey, Subasa. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. I really, really hope I've pronounced your wonderful name correctly. Um, you are from New Zealand, is that correct? Yeah. From How did you arrive at the Salties? Um, so Rodney Trimlett knows one of my coaches who was in Christchurch for a bit, Mal Downer. And um, they're really good friends, and she recommended me. Um, and, yeah, that's how I ended up in Darwin. Um, it happened quite quickly, but, mm. yeah, very glad I came. I couldn't imagine moving in, like, interstate's a tough enough move from people from Darwin and that sort of stuff, let alone moving overseas. How has the move been? How have you found the experience? And what has, I suppose, been the biggest adjustments? Um. Yeah, so for me, I did four years in the States for college. So Mm -hmm. to me, the move from New Zealand to Australia felt like, you know, not a big move. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I can go home and it's only like a three-hour flight. So I feel pretty close to home still. And, you know, culturally, Australia and New Zealand are pretty similar as well. Mm. So um, that's been really good. The biggest adjustment for me has probably been the weather up here in Darwin. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm not, I wasn't used to this humidity, got here in February, so right when it was still dry season. So that, that was a bit of an adjustment, but yeah, I'm loving it. And Subasa, how was it going through, uh, going through uh, college there in America in the COVID times? Um, it was different, for sure. I was in Georgia, which is a bit more of a different area. Um, <laughs> so we didn't have as many COVID restrictions. Um, my team... Like, we weren't really affected too badly. So we were, we were lucky. We were one of the lucky teams that played probably 20 games that year. Mm. Um, what about the Salties? So, obviously, the women's, uh, well, they were flying about a week ago, had a few injuries over the past week and lost three games. Um, how have you rated the season so far and where do you see the group at? Um, I think the season's been really good so far. Um, I think, you know, obviously, we've had a lot of adversity this season. And three-game triple hitters, are, they're really tough. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're tough to prepare for. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think we're doing well. We're going we're gonna to bounce back from, obviously, it was a disappointing weekend. Um, but I think we'll definitely bounce back this weekend. Um, good thing about this group is we just stay together through the highs and lows of the season. So it's a game against Sunshine Coast in Darwin tomorrow night. Is that correct? So on the home court, obviously an advantage there, try and turn this into a hometown fortress. But what are the keys to victory for tomorrow night's game, do you think, against Sunshine Coast? Uh, I think the keys to victory is playing together, like sharing the ball, hitting the open person, 
um, bit more defensive aggressiveness, just dictating how we want to play. Um, and I also think pace of play, just making mm. them keep up with us. Yeah, yeah for sure. And one. your own personal form, are you happy with how all that's going? Uh, what do you mean by my own personal form? So your your performances on the court, do you feel as though you, you are having a good season from a personal perspective? Um, like what areas of your personal game do you feel you need to work on um, to be able to contribute to the team more? And, and how is it all going so far this year? Um, okay, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I'm pretty happy with how I've been playing. Um, yep. I've definitely been struggling with my free throws. It's been something that I've been working on on the, on the back half of the season. Um, yep. So, yeah, I think if I just improve that stat, I'll, I'll be pretty happy with how I finish the season. Yeah, of course. And what are your ambitions long-term for your basketball career? Um, obviously, the NBL 1 is a competition that's getting better and better every year. Do you want to step up and play at even higher standards? Obviously, um, going over to the US, you would have been exposed to such great uh, athletes. Um, what, what are your ambitions for your career? Obviously, still very young. Yeah, um, for, well, for right now, I'll be playing in the New Zealand League back home as well. Um, I'd be pretty keen to play for the Tall Ferns, which is our national team um, back home at some point. Um, and yeah, I really just want to play for as long as I can. Um, it's a great sport. It's opened so many doors for me and given me so many opportunities. So I'm just enjoying what's been coming up. Um, I don't have any concrete goals um, locked in, a- apart from obviously making the national team. Um, so mm. yeah, that's really just my focus at the moment. Yep, and last one from me. They announced the re-signings, the reappointment of Matt Flynn and Rod Tremlett as the men's and women's coaches, respectively. Uh, that must be exciting for the Salties organisation. And how has Rod Tremlett specifically helped you with your game? Well, this, yeah, it's really exciting. Um, just while I'm on here, just want to say a big congrats to both Matt mm. and Rodney. Um, yeah, they've been, they've both been great. Um, Rod's really been helping me with my shot, um, especially my three-point shot. Something that we've been working on since the beginning. Uh, Mm He's just really helped me with my confidence and also uh, my consistency as well. Awesome. Very good. Subasa, thank you very much for joining us this morning and good luck tomorrow night. All good. Thank you so much for having me. Good luck for the finals too. (laughs) Thank you. Not a problem. Shy to talk to you, Guru. Andrew, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, guys. How are you? Very good, thanks. I'll pass you over to Guru Rob Hale, who's looking forward to speaking to you after a couple of weeks' absence. Yeah, a couple of weeks off. Uh, first uh, first uh, day of the Darwin Cup Carnival tomorrow. Exciting times. Absolutely, Rob. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive meeting tomorrow, day one of the eight uh, Carnival days, and uh, no less than 10 races tomorrow, would you believe? Uh, early start of 12.13, and we finish about uh, 5.25. So plenty to get our teeth into tomorrow. And, and the feature, of course, race nine on the card is the Darwin Guineas. Uh, definitely. And uh, is there any best bets for for the uh, race card tomorrow from uh, your perspective? Look, I'm going I'm going in the Guineas, guys. I think um, the, uh, the horse to beat is number two, Century Fox. He's the Alice Springs Guineas winner. He resumed here uh, a fortnight ago with a really good win over 1,300 metres. Steps up to the mile against his own age group. Uh, his previous start, he actually ran fifth in the Alice Springs Cup against the older horses. So he's a pretty quality galloper, is uh, number two, Century Fox. He's trained by Dick Leach. And his rider, Paul Shires, guys, would you believe Paul's won nine of these uh, Darwin Guineas. He's looking for double figures tomorrow. That's just a phenomenal record that, um, mm. that Paul has. So um, I'm going for him as my best bet of the day. Uh, race nine in the Guineas, number two, Century Fox. Of course, recently 
trialled in good style and um, it uh, could be a chance at odds in race six or race six number seven. No worries. Thanks for that. Awesome, Andrew. Thank you very much. You enjoy your weekend. Thanks very much. Good on you guys. Andrew. Andrew O'Toole, NT Thoroughbred Racing. It is simply, Rob, the best racing entertainment in the Northern Territory. Race Carnival um, racing season is around mm. the corner, isn't it, in Darwin? I, um, yep. Obviously, we just spoke to Andrew yeah. about all that, and tomorrow is obviously a big um, big day in the racing world, but and, yeah, I've never yeah. been to a Melbourne Cup. Oh, sorry, no, a Darwin Cup. It. Yeah, yeah, Darwin Cup. So, oh, Darwin um, Cup will be on August 7th this year as well. So, yeah. Um, Tiwi Island Grand Final the same weekend as well. So, if yep. you're from interstate, there's yep. a bit to do. A bit to do. Yep, definitely. Um, Hey, we're going to really fly through some of these games last week. Um, Hawthorne and Carlton, not much to talk about there. The Blues with back-to-back 10-goal wins, perhaps revitalising their season. Um, but then there's all that too little, too late type sort of conversation. So we can sort of delve into the Blues in another week. I do want to talk about Melbourne and Greater Western Sydney last weekend uh, from Traeger Park in Alice Springs. There were a few whispers about the crowd numbers being disappointing, but it was an unusually sort of cold and dismal um, territory weather. On, in Alice Springs. Not, obviously, it does get cold in there, dry season, but still. Um, any issues with the crowd numbers, or is that just part and parcel of what happens? Yeah, uh, you hear the, how bad the temperatures were out there, and it's the same in Melbourne, you know, and probably at the MCG, you're probably around, like, you get a little bit of heating, probably mm. feels like around with the buildings and that, and you don't have that at Alice. It's no. pretty open, sort of. So you go sit in the rain at, what is it, eight or nine degrees. I don't think anyone would really want to do that. No, exactly right. Um, um West Coast and St Kilda was an interesting one. Obviously, you'd be a very nervous St Kilda supporter if you were watching that game. They got out of jail there. Um, the last thing that I want to talk to you about from last weekend's games of football is the Demons losing. So the fact that they've lost, there's going to be more questions now about the club's decision to sell their home games. Um, the panel on the footy classified, I believe, almost unanimously agreed that the Demons should consider, um, reconsider, sorry, selling those games to the Northern Territory. But of course, they do such great work in the communities and in Alice Springs itself um, that if they stopped playing games there, it would be a massive shame. So what's your take on that one? Yeah, uh, I just... It's, it's a conundrum. It's a conundrum, isn't it? Um, yeah, I just I just hope that we to keep it a truly national game, you know, I think it's important to keep these... Um, Mm. to keep it happening, um, especially with the Territory not having a side for a while, um, as well as games in Cairns and all these other remote locations as well to keep growing the AFL brand um, because you don't want it to become too corporate. No, exactly right. Um, All right, let's move on to this weekend's game. So Collingwood, Western Bulldogs, just in a word, who's going to win tonight? I'm going Bulldogs tonight. Um, I just think Eddie had, and I expect Bont to show why he's the best player in the comp tonight. Hmm, it's an upset. Uh, Brisbane and West Coast, this has been the bloodbath that everyone has been <laughs> talking about and anticipating. The Eagles showed spirit last week. Um, if they produce the same football, that's not going to be embarrassing, but mm. can't see any possible storyline where they get over Brisbane tomorrow. What's, what's, what's your margin here? Yeah, I think it might be around the 90-point mark, and I think that's where the odds are, but who knows? It could be, you know, geez, it mm. could be a lot more than that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to save that question for next week. GWS yep. versus Hawthorne? Yeah, Giants at home. Um, have Hawks to. have hit a bit of a form slump, haven't they? So mm. I'll be going Giants. St Kilda, Melbourne. So as we said before, two teams that are really in contention to still make that top four, despite maybe not deserving to be so. Um, who's going to win this one? Jeez, uh, looking at that game, you'd especially been at Marvel, but I'm tipping Melbourne, but... Oh, this one's at Marvel. Yeah, it's at Marvel. That evens it up a little bit. Definitely does, and St Kilda at 261, so on the odds. So, yeah, the geez, mm. they're in the mark there. That's going to be one that 
they, oh, yeah, I don't even know what I'm saying. Here. I was going to say the Melbourne need to win. They don't need to win, really. But mm-hmm. if you're a Melbourne supporter and they drop this one, you'd start thinking that the premiership's looking very, very unlikely, where I still have them in contention at the moment. Just, yeah, it's a massive, it's, just. A, it's a big eight-point game, isn't it? Because mm. their fourth spot's going to really, probably they're going to lose their you know positioning for fourth if they lose this. Exactly. Um, and moving forward, so. Port Adelaide versus Gold Coast Suns at Adelaide Oval. Um, after last weekend's disappointment, the Suns mm. must be competitive here even if they don't get the chocolates, they need to look like they're in this contest. Yeah, one of my favourite players took Miller's back in, so yeah. good to see him back. I mean, they, they really need him, so good good timing for that, and hopefully they're competitive, Jacko, but yeah, power for me. What's that? 13 in a row they get this one, I think. Yep. It's not a bad good. effort. Not many teams win 13 in a row during the season and don't win the premiership. So mm-hmm. obviously we've both spoken on air and off air about where we see Port at, and they're not decent, you know, they're not, Premiership certainties or anything like that, but gee, 13 in a row is a pretty good, pretty good stretch. Yeah. Um, Geelong and North, I think Geelong should win this one really easy. Yeah, comfortable for Geelong, 10 goals hopefully. Essendon versus Adelaide, I think the Bombers need more from Peter Wright and Sam Wiedemann. Um, they've been well beaten up forward in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Adelaide are sort of a bit hot and cold. They definitely don't go as good in Melbourne as what they do in Adelaide. Who's going to win this one? I'm confident the Bombers get this, um, but. Adelaide are a very good side, um, but we are favourites, which I was surprised with. I thought That's a Crows, surprise. Yeah, I thought Crows might be favourites, but there's not much in it. So, who are you going for that one? I'm going to go to Crows. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't be. I'm sort of mainly probably. If you had gone for the Crows, I would have went for the Bombers. Um, mm. More of just a point of difference thing. I think it's a bit of a flip of the coin. We all know Bombers at their best, as we saw last week against Port Adelaide, can match it with most teams in the comp. Um, but. You know, we saw against Dockers too that their best and worst can sometimes be a little bit too... That gap can be a little bit too far. So uh, I'm going to go the Crows, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Bombers got the chocolates. Fremantle versus Carlton, our last game of the round. This is at Optus Stadium, a ground that Charlie Curnow loves. Kicked nine goals here last time he played against the West Coast Eagles. I don't think he's going to get it that easy on Sunday. Um, but which way do you see this one going? I'm, I'm sort of favouring um, Freo in this one. Although Carlton have got a bit more form and confidence about them, haven't they? Mm. So, and I think Carlton do match up well with Fremantle with the inside mids and the inside mids of Fremantle, Brayshaw and Sarong match up well with Cripper and that. Um, Chera against his old team. Yeah, Chera against his old team. And Blake I think Acres. Carlton do get found out against a quicker midfield and Frio don't really have that. So mm. it, it's an interesting one, but I am tipping Frio just because of the home ground advantage. Yeah, I'm going to go to the Blues here in this one, I reckon. Um, hey, Definitely. very quickly, we have had... It was an interesting VFL game last weekend. Anthony McDonald tip and Woody kicked the winning goal after the siren. Sorry, winning point, point. Winning point. Um, that's all he needed. But that was a big win. That was the 18th place Bombers defeating uh, the top of the table, Gold Coast Suns. While I had 18 disposals and 9 tackles, so a pretty serviceable game. Alwyn Davey had 22 disposals, and Bombers VFL coaches said that it was easily his best game at the level. Anthony Mankara kicked a couple of goals, so obviously not setting the world on fire at the VFL level just yet, Anthony Mankara, but he's good to see him hitting the scoreboard and hopefully building confidence off that. You'd be happy with this, the performances of your young Dons. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's good to see Elijah get a few touches as well. And, 33. Um, Sardis. Just, yeah, Sardis. And, but you just... We need that depth to push, you know, that pressure up the spots. We have had a few injuries, but... Is Sardis playing this week? I haven't checked no, the team. He's not, he's he has not to be in. close, surely, yeah, doesn't he? he's not in, so... Which is... Um, Within which the next is couple of weeks. But... Yeah, I think with that midfield, there's a similar, couple of similar types, so they might be easing him into it. And going up against Adelaide first yeah. up might be a bit... I don't know, but 
top five his teams getting in there. anyway. So wouldn't shock me if he had twenty five in the AFL. Yeah, it wouldn't. So um, yeah, it's exciting for the club though to have a bit more depth there mm. there this week. Jesse Motlop, 23 disposals, four goals. That was a big win um, over Northern Bullants. Werribee are an interesting team. Of a lot of links to the NTFL there. Don Brew absolutely dominating, averaging 25 touches and 10 tackles a game. Sean Manor, how's this for a stat? 25 disposals and seven goals last weekend against Sandringham. That's their big, big numbers. And Michael Barlow, what a ball magnet. 36 years old, hasn't played any football all year. Just thought he'd rock up to a Goulburn Valley Shepherd and United game. Got his lazy 43 disposals, <laughs> which is the record for the year. And um and yeah, that was him done. Hey, pretty and also another thing too before we go, Joel Butterick playing for Brisbane Lions, going really well in the state leagues. It's always good to shout out those blokes who move down south to try and further their football. Rob, very quickly, what's on for the weekend, mate? Nah, try hang low, doing a bit of um extra shift work and uh fly off the barley, mate. How about yourself? Uh yeah, no, nah, watch as much sport as I possibly can, I reckon, and then um yeah, lay low before barley, I reckon. Sounds good. Uh, I hope everyone listening to this at home or on the car or at work or whatever um, has a really good weekend too. Plenty of football, so stay tuned. SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. Finding a place to write your next chapter.